What's up, fam? Welcome to the lounge. It's been a while. It's about time I get back and start talking some football. You know, I had an idea to release a Senior Bowl episode. You know, it's draft season. We want to talk about the the Senior Bowl, the prospects to keep our eyes on. You know, then the tragedy struck. And the last thing that I really wanted to do was talk fantasy football. You know, I've been trying to find ways uh, to get closure. You know, a lot of us out there were huge Kobe Bryant fans. Followed him his entire career. Appreciated that the player he was, the man that he was. And for a player to, and a person to be taken at such a young age, it's gut-wrenching. You know, it, it, it makes you put things in perspective. And I want to, you know, talk about football. Take my mind off, you know, reality for a bit. Talk about this thing that we love, fantasy football. But in the back of my mind, and I know in the back of a lot of your minds, you know, we feel for the Bryant family, for all the victims that uh, were affected by this tragedy. You know, it really hits home. For a lot of us and you know me personally I was a big fan of Kobe's Kobe's four months older than I am and you know I remember his senior year in high school at Lower Marion I became a fan I was watching the NBA draft he was drafted by the Hornets and they had the draft day trade where you know they sent him to LA for Vladi Dibok and at that point in time I was an LA Laker fan I grew up you know watching Magic um, just a big fan of the primetime Lakers. You know, a lot of people were Jordan fans, uh, but I was a Laker fan. I like Magic Johnson. And, you know, hearing the news about Magic when he had HIV, and back then that was almost like a death sentence. I mean, I think society took it the same way when he announced that as, you know, people are feeling about Kobe. You know, how could someone so powerful and popular and talented be diagnosed with you know a death sentence HIV as time went on he was cured of HIV but the impact was similar and when Kobe was drafted by the Lakers you know he became my my new favorite player uh, you know I got the number eight jersey the you know the Laker basketball and and his rookie card and you know, followed him his entire career, you know, even his rookie year when they were saying he was overrated and, you know, shooting air balls and to become the legend that he's become um, is just remarkable what he did. I was fortunate, fortunate enough to go to uh, NBA finals, uh, the game that they clinched against the Magic and, and watch him hoist that trophy, his fourth trophy. And it was really a surreal moment uh, just getting to to watch somebody that I looked up to, someone who I live vicariously through. You know, I played varsity basketball, never good enough to go to college, never good enough to go to the NBA. Uh, so I live vicariously through through Kobe, um, enjoyed all the accolades that he received, um, felt all the pain that he felt through his career. Um, you know, and as he retired from basketball, he had a family. I have a family. I have two daughters and a wife. You know, he has four daughters and a wife. I didn't follow him as much as I did when he was playing the sport. 
you know, and then when when life is taken so quickly, it really puts things in perspective. He's the same age as all my best friends, all the people that I, you know, that I run with. So it's almost like taking a friend, a brother. Um, and it's hard. And, you know, everyone grieves differently. And, you know, I'd never lived in L.A. And I can imagine what the, the fans in L.A. feel when he was a hometown hero. But nonetheless, the pain is real. Um, there are victims involved. And it's a tragedy. It really is. You know, if Michael Jordan was taken at a young age at 40, you know, the landscape of basketball would not be the way it is now. Uh, and Kobe is the Michael Jordan of the millennials. And it really hits home for a lot of people. So, you know, we're going to take a moment of silence real quick for Kobe and his family and the victims. Then we'll start talking about some fantasy football. So rest in peace, Kobe. Prayers to all the family members. You're going to be missed. So let's talk about what I'm drinking on tonight. Maybe you got a drink at home. Maybe not. But tonight I'm drinking on some E.H. Taylor small batch. Straight Kentucky bourbon from the Buffalo Trace Distillery in Kentucky. When I moved from Florida to Ohio where the bourbon is plentiful, you know, I really started to enjoy this type of liquor. And the website that I'm building, Roto Lounge, it's not only going to have the best fantasy football advice that you can find, the tools to help you become a better fantasy player, but I'm also going to have it equally talk about craft cocktails and bourbon um, and, and spirits and craft beer. And, you know, if anyone wanted to ever get into that but but didn't know how or or what to look for, you know, I'm, I'm planning to put articles out talking about how to make cocktails, what to look for in spirits, maybe what to pair it with, cigars or food, or just want to have a different experience for those that enjoy fantasy football, but they also, you know, enjoy craft spirits. And also a third piece of the website is going to talk about my other love, and that's jazz music. You know, we're going to talk about the Frank Sinatras and the Louis Armstrongs and the, you know, the Hoagie Carmichaels, the the Miles Davis of the world. You know, it's going to be a good time. So I'm working on that. My job is very demanding, so I don't have very much free time. I got my girls to take care of, my wife, uh, you know, and then I also got to drink in the lounge. I got to build a website. I got to make podcasts. So I've been out for a while, but I'm glad to be back. I want to talk about the Senior Bowl and how that affects our approach to the draft because the draft really begins at the Senior Bowl. So let's let's discuss the Senior Bowl. If you're at home, get a drink. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Senior Bowl, and then we'll get out of here. So when talking about the Senior Bowl, the one thing you got to understand is you're not going to see players and evaluate players at the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl is a time where scouts and teams can actually now interact with the players. They can see them up close. They can see their work ethic. They can see their leadership skills. They can see how they interact with players they have never played with before. And it's really a chance for them to get together 
and learn those things. So you're not going to really identify, well, can Jordan Love read through his progressions or or how does Justin Herbert, you know, throw the fade route? It, it's really just how do they practice for the week? How do they look? Do they answer some questions that the scouts have? You know, and really players can make a name for themselves at the Senior Bowl. While we don't want to go in thinking that it's going to change our opinion on prospects, but we also don't want to just overlook the Senior Bowl as if it doesn't matter because it actually does matter. And I want to give you some examples because certain years, players do come out of nowhere. They make a name for themselves. They have a good week. As some people say, they make money this week. Um, It's very important week for the players. And you can identify hidden gems if you know where to look. So, you know, just just some examples that, you know, last year, Terry McLaurin, you know, he had four catches for 53 yards. He had one rush for 19. He had a great week at the Senior Bowl. They talked about his leadership, his speed, you know, some things that maybe Ohio State didn't really utilize him with. He ended up going in the second round to the Redskins, which was a surprise to a lot of people. However, looking back now, you know, Terry McLaurin seems like he could be a good NFL pro. The year before that, DJ Shark, he had five catches for 160 yards, you know, including a 75-yard touchdown bomb, which showed his speed. And now this year, some are saying, you know, he's a top five, top 10 dynasty wide receiver asset. You know, 2017 was Kareem Hunt. He had 15 carries for 118 yards, and he really improved his stock. You know, he went to the Chiefs and these players, right, get to know these players at the Senior Bowl now. So when a player like drafted, you know who that player is because you saw them at the Senior Bowl. Your league mates might say, who's Kareem Hunt? Never heard of the guy, right? If you watched the Senior Bowl and saw that he rushed for 118 yards and really said, okay, this guy, he may have it. You put that on, you know, on the notepad. When draft comes up, the, the Chiefs take him. All right, this might be a good pick. And like me... You know, I did happen to get 100% of Kareem Hunt. I was taking him in the third round before the the Spencer Ware injury. It really propelled him to the starting role. I was taking a flyer on him because he looked good in the Senior Bowl. So, you know, there are opportunities if you pay attention to the Senior Bowl. Now, it's not every year that a player sticks out, but if you look, you can find players that have potential. And then if they get the draft capital to go along with it, perhaps this could be a sneaky play, right? 2016 Kenyon Drake I mean it he hasn't he hasn't performed like we thought he would this last year with the Cardinals he did but you know in 2016 he you know he was the best player in the field but really it was you know I think he had 24 yards rushing 24 yards receiving it wasn't like a great game but you know he did show potential and then 2015 David Johnson you know he had 140 all-purpose yards that game ended up being drafted by the Arizona Cardinals you know overlooked in a lot of drafts but you know he had some good seasons so there are players in the Senior Bowl, so we do got to pay attention. So the one thing going in the Senior Bowl, the one thing that I wanted to see is how did Jalen Hurts look outside of the Alabama offense, outside of the Oklahoma offense? But really, you couldn't. I mean, you know, the offensive line for the for the South was just terrible. You know, he couldn't do anything. So you can't really judge Jalen Hurts on his performance. Will he be a good NFL pro? That's debatable. You know, you do your evaluation. I'll do my evaluation and come up with my conclusion. But he did have a beautiful pass at the end of the game, touchdown pass. But other than that, you know, he wasn't very impressive. But, again, you can't knock him for that. His offensive line was was pretty pretty damn bad. So let's talk about the quarterbacks. We'll go in order of position. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. The first one's Justin Herbert. 
He was 9 for 12, 83 yards and a touchdown. He had a 22-yard rush. He looked like an NFL quarterback. When he didn't have time, he moved up in the pocket. He scrambled. He made things happen with his legs. To me, Herbert has great accuracy, a great ball in between the hash marks. Now, when you ask him to throw an out route or a, a fade route, he doesn't have the greatest ball, but he can pick teams apart inside the hash marks. Now, is that going to correlate to NFL success long-term? It's debatable. I think in the right situation, I think Herbert's going to be good. So, you know, we're going to wait and see where he goes. There's rumor he could go to the Chargers, Colts, you know, who knows. But I do think he has some potential. He did look good. He got MVP of the game, and I thought he looked really good. Jordan Love's the second one. I'm really impressed with Jordan Love. Uh, he didn't really do a lot for the Senior Bowl. He was only 4 of 6, 24 yards. You know, he didn't get a lot of opportunities to show his skills. But I'm telling you, this kid is talented. He's got great read progression. Two years ago, he looked terrific. He he had great progression, was reading defenses, had very few interceptions, a lot of touchdowns. And then this last year, you know, they lost some players. They lost some coaches. And he really took a step back. Um, but the talent is there. And if teams think that they can, you know, coach him up and, and he fits their offense, I think he's going to be a good NFL pro. He's got a can of an arm. Right, He's got the legs to make positive gains when the pocket collapses. And I think he'd be a great fit uh, in Carolina with, with Joe Brady coming in and Matt Rule. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit in Carolina. I think Jordan Love could have a really good NFL career if he's in the right situation. And really, that's it. I, I wasn't impressed with any of the other quarterbacks. Is that saying they're, they're, they're not going to be anything? No. Um, but if I'm drafting a quarterback there this year, you know, it's kind of early. And we'll see landing spots. But... You know, next year is the year that I want to look at quarterbacks. Uh, I think that's going to be a really good class next year. So looking at the running backs of the of the game, the one that really stuck out and the one that we really got to keep our, our eye on is UCLA's Josh Kelly. He was he had 15 carries for 104 yards. He was voted player of the week. Uh, some things that I noticed in the senior bowl, though, he had really nice vision, uh, a really good change of directions, had really good hands. Uh, and I didn't really know about Joshua Kelly. He wasn't on my radar before this game. And I kind of went back and looked at a, little, a few things that he did. And he played two years at UC Davis. Uh, and then he took a step up to Division I at UCLA. And he did just as good, if not better, two years of 1,000 yards rushing. He could be a similar player to Kareem Hunt. Now, everybody wants to talk about, well, what if the Chiefs get DeAndre Swift? Or what if the Chiefs get this running back? Well, what if the Chiefs get Joshua Kelly in the fourth or fifth round? That's a player that we already know show some skills, be a leg up on your competition. You know, obviously, if the Chiefs take a running back, everybody's going to be on it. But if a player like Joshua Kelly goes to, like, the Colts or the Buccaneers, perhaps he's going to be overlooked because he's not that big name. But I'm telling you, this kid looks good. If he's at the combine, I want to see how fast he is, how quick he is. I want to see, you know, his jumps to, to determine his burst. Very impressed with Joshua Kelly. Keep your eye on that guy. Uh, another one was, you know, TCU's Darius Anderson. He's the one that caught the pass from Shea Patterson, took it 75 yards, stepped out of bounds at the one. You know, that, that was kind of concerning that he wasn't aware of, you know, where he was on the field. But, you know, he had a pretty good game. He had, you know, seven carries for 43 yards. He doesn't look like a three-down back, maybe a change of pace player, but he did have a good game. Uh, I think he may translate to the next level. So, again, he's going to be a player. Where does he get drafted? How does he look at the combine or his pro day? What are some of his measurables? 
Um, an- another one that, that looked good was uh, Florida's uh, P. Ryan. He had seven carries, 42 yards. He had the first touchdown with, with Herbert in the game. Two catches for 17 yards. I want to watch more of his film. I think he could be a sneaky player as well. And again, this all goes down to draft capital, um, how they perform at the combine. Are they explosive athletes? But he's another one that I've jotted down. I'm, you know, I'm going to keep my eye on him. And, and Memphis's Antonio Gibson. You know, he had 11 carries, 68 yards. He showed a lot of playmaking ability. He turned a lot of negative plays, it seemed like, into positive gains. So he has the tackle-breaking ability. He could also translate to the next level. So got our eyes on Antonio Gibson. And Eno Benjamin out of uh, Arizona State, he looked good as well. Seven carries, 20 yards, three receptions for 19. Now, the stat line doesn't show, but but I was very impressed with uh, Eno. You know, he seemed to have what it takes to be a three-down back. He had good vision. He's got good hands. But I need to watch some more film to see how his pass blocking is. I'm concerned. You know, a lot of the running backs that come in, I want to see how well they pass block because that, if they're not good at pass blocking, it usually takes, you know, two years to really develop that skill. So if they don't have it from day one, they're not going to get a lot of playing time. You know, they could have a good game here or there, signs of flashes, but, you know, I want to make sure that they have that skill because some players never get it. And, and if you don't get it, it doesn't matter how the draft capital is. You're not going to see the field because you can't protect the quarterback. So it's very important that these guys can pass block. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch some of his film and see how he does in the pass blocking uh, department. Now let's talk about wide receivers. And the one that was getting a lot of the hype this week was uh, Florida's Van Jefferson. Now in the game, you know, he didn't do much. He had two catches for 11 yards, but this could be the 2020 version of Terry McLaren. You know, he's got quick feet really quick feet, speed, separation skills, you know, again, falls back to the draft capital. He could start his career as a special teams player, similar similar to Antonio Brown, you know, with a good work ethic, he could work his way up into a starting role. And again, these are players that you may have never heard of. Maybe, you know, Van Jefferson gets drafted late in the, in the draft because they want to use him on special teams as a gunner, uh, which he played in the senior bowl and he was pretty quick off the line. And if these players really work at their craft and want to be better, they'll work their way up. You'll see that third-year breakout type player. Um, so don't sleep on uh, you know Van Jefferson. Keep your eye on him. Let's see where he goes. Let's see how he does at the combine. He he could raise his draft stock. You know he he could surprise everybody. Be drafted the second, third round. You know who saw it coming? Well, if we're paying attention to the Senior Bowl, maybe we do. Uh, another one that I saw that that I was looking forward to watching at the Senior Bowl was James Prochet out of SMU. Had a really good career at SMU, uh, but he only had one catch for 17 yards. But, you know, he showed smarts in his route running. The route that he caught, he took his route pretty high, higher than you normally would on that route, just to back the corner off. And then he came a little underneath, and he was wide open, making an easy target for the quarterback, um, which I did like that. He's got good hands, special teams player, punt returner, kick returner. Got some explosion. Could be a decent player at the next level. Again, we'll see how he does at the combine. Let's see how his metrics look. Uh, make sure he's a very athletic player. And then again, where does he get drafted? Where does he go? Is a good opportunity. But got my eye on James Prochet. Liberty's and Antonio uh, Gandy Golden. A lot of people are, are got their eye on him. You know, he only had one catch for five yards. It was a touchdown. Uh, it was a red zone target. You know, he's got the size. He showed the speed on the play, the separation. He could be a young player that could evolve eventually. You know, he played at the smaller school. So 
NFL teams could knock him for that. But if he performs well at the combine, does good in interviews, you know, he's put the production on tape. You know, he could be another surprise. Not saying he's a first round pick, but you know, you could be getting him in the second round, third round of fantasy drafts, stashing him on your bench, maybe your taxi squad. Maybe it takes him a year to develop another player. Let's keep our eye on uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden. And then Tennessee's Juwan Jennings. He had a really good game as well. He, he had three catches, 22 yards, and he had the touchdown from Jalen Hurts at the end. Um, he showed good separation skills as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm another one. He's another one that I want to see how his combine looks, and I want to get some more film on him. He, he looks like an NFL wide receiver. Uh, so I want to dive into his, his tape and, and kind of see how he did against top competition as well. And and then Texas A&M, Courtney Davis, he just seemed like he was always the guy they threw to when they needed a first down or they needed a big play. Uh, he ended up having four catches for 52 yards, and I was impressed with him. You know, I, I don't know much about him yet. I, I still have to dive in, but, uh, you know, he caught my eye. So I'm going to do some research on him and, and kind of see – um, what 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 his college production looked like there. And then some tight ends. You know, tight ends, I mentioned last year that, you know, I usually wait until after the draft to evaluate the tight ends. I want to see which ones are drafted. I'm going to go back. I'm going to see which ones are the best blockers because I really want to invest in tight ends that are the best blockers because the best blockers are going to be the ones that are on the field all the time. You know, you have your Evan Ingrams and your David Njokus and – um, you know, your your hybrid-type tight ends, Noah Fant was classified as a hybrid tight end, and, and I wanted to see how he improved his blocking skills because that's when you're going to see the field. The George Kittles and the Travis Kelseys, the best blockers in the league, are always on the field, and they're also playmakers. Noah Fant is evolving into that player. Um, Irv Smith as well, great blocker, potential to be a breakout player. So, after the tight ends are drafted, I'm going to go and I'm going to research. And I'm going to see who's really good at blocking, who's also a good playmaker once they have uh, the ball in their hands. Uh, but for this game, Bryson Hopkins out of Washington, he's he's number one on a lot of players' board or a lot of fantasy players' boards. Um, really good looking prospect. He had two catches for 19 yards. Now he could be the top tight end in the draft um, right now. You know, I'm looking at Notre Dame's Cole commit. Uh, he he was out for, for most of the year with his shoulder. Um, but I'm going to evaluate all the tight ends after the combine. I want to see how do they block, how do they look on the field once they get the ball in their hands. You know, one of those tight ends I was very high on last year was um, Foster Moreau. You know, he has the playmaking skills. He has the blocking skills. He had the great combine metrics. So those are the type of tight ends I'm looking at. I'll stash them on my bitch for a few years take them in the fourth round of rookie drafts nobody knows who they are so again follow me i'm going to talk about you know all the prospects i want to really target in the rookie drafts and and this process is is getting is drawing dragging out a lot more than i anticipated right you know typically this time of year i'm not building a website Uh, i'm not trying to podcast i'm just really diving into tape and articles and and grinding and see what i can find on these these prospects um, but this year I'm trying to get the community involved. I'm trying to put the, the product out there for you to help you become a better drafter, to help you become a better fantasy owner. Um, so it will come. Please follow me, subscribe to the podcast, DM me. If you have any questions, if, if you're looking for something, if you want to talk about bourbon, if you want to talk about craft spirits, if you want to talk about fantasy football, 
I'm here to help you become better at what you want to do. Ask me your opinions. Um, I really want to develop a relationship with everybody uh, that wants to be part of the Roto Lounge and really dive into to all the the uniqueness of the the fantasy world and the craft spirit world and um, you know all, all the the fun things that make us the um, sophisticated fantasy players. So leave a review. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Instagram is where I'm going to be putting my uh, photos of my, the bourbon and the craft cocktails and the jazz. That's going to be the part of the lounge that you won't see on Twitter as much anymore uh, because Twitter I want to focus on fantasy and Instagram I want to focus on the other part. Website will be coming soon. I wanted to launch for the Super Bowl. That's not going to happen, but I'm still working hard to get that done for you. Uh, I want to have rankings for you, articles, um, hopefully a trade calculator so you understand the value of players. Really want to do a good job for you guys. Free of charge, you know, just something you can just get lost in while you're drinking and, and just kind of enjoy enjoy what I have to offer. So I appreciate you listening. Give me a review. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know you're listening. Until next time, I'll do some podcasts, hopefully on some, some draft prospects so we can go through that. Planning to go down to the Combine, uh, do a podcast after the Combine, uh, and really get into these prospects and then have you ready for the draft so that uh, you can have the best draft possible and and really kick ass in your league this year and future years. So appreciate you stopping by. Uh, we're going to turn the lights out in the lounge. Last call, finish your drink. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. And we'll see you on the flip side, man. Take it easy.